What's up, Bucks fans? We're back here with another edition of Pirate Parlay, brought to you by the Sick Podcast Network. Obviously, not the best outcome for the Buccaneers coming out there by week to a loss, uh, twenty to six loss to the Detroit Lions. But you know what? This team is resilient. They're going to bounce back, um, and and you can see the building blocks to get there. And one of those building blocks is undrafted free agent rookie Christian Izian, who's been playing lights out for the Bucks at the slot position. We have him on the podcast today, so we're going to talk to him, chop it up a little bit. We'll be right back. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Pirate Parlay. Battle intercepted, picked off of the end zone, Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs, we're the champions of the world. The sickest Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, it's going to be sick. We are back at it again. Another guest, guys. I've been so blessed and fortunate to have all these Bucks players and coaches on this season to provide you guys some great content. Uh, and I'm excited that you guys have been here tuning in, subscribing, liking. Uh, it, it's gonna. We're really building this thing, and this is just the beginning. So excited to have our next guest on. He's really came on out of nowhere um, after being undrafted and, and secured the starting nickel position really early on in training camp. Um, and so far, early on in the season, made his his presence felt and has continued to do that throughout the games. We're going to bring him on now, Christian Izian, Nickelback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Christian, how are we doing, man? Hey, what's going on? Uh, thank uh, you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Happy to have you on here, man. And, like, let's just talk about it. Out of nowhere, it seems like you've just taken over this position by storm, secured it, locked it down, and produced. What, like, how did, how did, uh, how did all this come to fruition so quickly? Uh, in your rookie year yeah you know just having a plan coming out coming out of the draft undrafted and um you know having an idea speaking with my people and you know where the best fit for me would be and that ultimately being tampa and uh just having coach bowls you know the staff you know got those guys get me you know ready to go pretty early coming in um otas i i repped that nickel as safety so just having to learn that that you know tedious playbook within a small period of time has allowed me to just you know transform into becoming a smarter player over time Talk about that too, you know, undrafted. Nobody wants that to happen. Everyone wants to be be taken. But as, as the rounds continue to start to dwindle down, you get into that sixth, end of the sixth, beginning of the seventh, it's almost beneficial for you to go undrafted at that point. It stinks not hearing your name, of course. But then you get to choose and pick your own destination. And, you know, you look at this Bucks roster after the draft. They were set at cornerback with Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis. They were set seemingly with Antoine Winfield Jr. and Ryan Neal. Uh, there was, however, a spot with AWJ going back to free safety at nickel cornerback. You played a little bit there at Rutgers, but what else was attractive about the Bucks to you that you're like, you know what, this is the place I want to sign above any other options you had? And what other options did you have? Yeah, you know, just starting with uh, the other options that I had, um, I was between here, um, Kansas City, who was making a really strong bid, and uh, that was something me and my agent was going back and forth about, you know, just having that. And then uh, the Jets and you know a couple other teams, but uh, ultimately choosing Tampa, you know, like you said, due to the position, you know, needs and where I felt the best fit for me was, and you know, just as far as the schematical standpoint is, how often they use the nickel, and you know, how do they use the nickel? So getting here, just having an opportunity to learn that and become more adaptive with the position has helped me a lot. Do you feel like the nickel position? I'm kind of going out of line here, but I just bring that up. The nickel position, because of your stature and obviously other guys in the in the backfield, um, it's easier to secure a spot there than it is on the outside corners, or maybe maybe even one of the safety spots. 
Um, I would say uh, I don't think any position is honestly easy to tell, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just just the nickel position is so I would say no, it's kind of, you know, a little more difficult because different coaches like different things in their nickels. And uh, you know, some coaches like a you know, just a coverage guy, not much in a run fit, not much, you know, blitzing, but out there to strictly cover a slot receiver slot receivers. And then you know, other coaches like the safety type body builds where they can, you know, be a downhill of safety and a run, but also a cover. And I feel like that's where I fit more in this defense. And I think that's just something Coach Bowles likes. And you know, I don't want to linger on it too long, but we will bring up last week, uh, this past weekend. Uh, the Lions just, you know, it, it, it seemed like they got the better of you guys in certain situations. Um, you guys still held them to under 20 points on the day. But what was it about the Lions game plan that they presented problems for you guys to kind of limit the explosive plays and, and the big plays that they had? Um, you know, the Lions, you know, off, off film, they do a lot of the things they simply did on film to what they did, which is kind of tough for us to handle because they weren't tricky. Uh, they, they just executed really well, and I will credit them to that. They, uh, they did a really good job executing their scheme, and they did a better job than we did that day. And uh, that's, that's, all, that's all it was, really. You look at the guys you've had to face so far, <laughs> there's been no shortage uh, of talented receivers. You know, last week with Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Justin Jefferson to start the season. Uh, Devontae Smith in week three, you, you get a guy like Chris Olave who shut down in uh, week four, uh, just like going up and getting tossed into the fire with some of the NFL's best. What has that been like? And how, how is, which one was the toughest to cover and how has that been for your growth and development? Um, you know, the, like you said, you just named all those really good receivers in around this league and, uh, and they all have different skill sets and, you know, different, um, you know, pros to their game, which make who makes them who they are. And uh, just having the confidence in myself, uh, knowing I'm in this position for a reason and not, not questioning any of that. Coach Bowles, you know, he, he put me in a position because, he, you know, I'm, I'm ready for the moment. And uh, that's something that I feel I always give myself the confidence with that I know that I'm big enough for this moment. It's not too big, too much bigger than what I am. And not making it more than what it is, it's just football. At the end of the day, I've been playing since I was six. So, you know, you can't change that. But, uh, you know, those just, just having those different guys and, you know, watching film on, on all of them because they all have different schemes of how to get open and different attributes to how they do it. And uh, just studying for that week, preparing for that person, that's always been a good challenge. Who was, who was the toughest for you? Uh, I would say the toughest for me, it just being in a slot, like uh, St. Brown gave me a really good, he gave me some really good work just in the slot as far as doing a good job of, you know, finding spots to sit down in zones, you know, timing up his routes. I think they did a really good job with just running their routes and, kind of getting away a little bit of, of what our defense schematical, you know, things were. So they did a really good job of just picking up blitzes, getting the ball out their hand fast. Now, like when you look at those matchups and you, cause you know, you watched, rewatched the film, has there been anything that like you've watched do in those matchups that you're like, Oh wow. Okay. This is a good learning teaching point for my next matchup or to carry over it with a similar, like what's been like the one thing rewatching like, Oh, uh, like an aha moment. Like, Oh Wow. I did this. I could have done this. This would have been better. I need to utilize this. Add this to my tool bag for later. Yeah, just knowing, uh, just knowing, you know what, you know, when the time and place is to, you know, show, show certain schemes and uh, just get more comfortable showing different looks. As far as playing nickel, I feel like the nickel is the position the quarterbacks they take their eye off last, you know, before they snap the ball. So, you know, depending on what I'm showing or what type of look I'm giving them, can can really, you know, kind of predetermine where they think they're going with the ball. So. Just, you know, between week and week, you know, just watching myself do self-assessment first before I, you know, cover, look at other guys, just knowing what can I do to help my defense, you know, be victorious for this one play.
you mentioned, you know, not making the moment too big for you. And uh, first two games, moment certainly wasn't too big for you uh, with two huge plays, the interception that you kind of ripped away and then the other one to, to ice the game there. Um, you've come away with with big game moments uh, early on this season, showing that this moment is not too big for you. What do you credit that to um, as far as, um, you know, being able to make those plays? I mean, you had some big moments. I think you had a, what, a three interception or four interception game in college at Rutgers, right? Was it Yeah, uh, two interceptions or four takeaways in one game. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're no stranger to taking the ball away, but uh, to be able to do it on this level and kind of say, hey, welcome to the NFL. Here I am. And you're not you're not shy about it either. You'll tell people on Twitter, I love that about you. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you'll, you'll put it out there. Hey, this, I like this picture best for the next time I saw it. <laughs> uh, what do you credit that to? Yeah. Just like, just that, just part of that, like, you know, being, you know, the under underdog guy in all the situations that I've been in, uh, you know, going to each different level or each different stage of football and, you know, just being a guy that's unknown and, you know, it comes out, you know, with the, with the, whatever comes with it. So just, you know, having that confidence and that, that chip on my shoulder that, I'm the rookie. I'm the only rookie on the field. The ball must be coming to me when I come in. You know, just having that as my mind, you know, I told Shaq before that drive and during the, the Minnesota Viking game, I'm like, Shaq, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to get to pick this drive. You know, I, we got to kill this momentum. And, you know, just having that about it, like, yeah, it might not have been an interception, but I took the ball from him, so it counts. So it's like just having that, that edge to me. That's an interception. That's a that's a heck of a when you it's it's one thing to like the guy falls down or you jump up and you get it, but to take the ball away from somebody and yeah. say this is mine who is literally going into the end zone, that's more badass, bro. This is more <laughs> badass than I appreciate it. Uh, what did Shaq what did Shaq do after you got that pick? Because you told him you're gonna. What did he say? Did he say anything to you? Yeah, yeah, he was just telling you he was at camera. He said he told me he's gonna do it. He told me he was gonna do it. <laughs> you know, and on the head I got up a little, I got up a little red on his. So I'm like. I'm like, just no one, just no one smacked my head. No one smacked my head. So it was just, it was a great moment, you know, just, you know, not understanding the moment truly, you know, the moment because we didn't know how that game was going to end. But, you know, ultimately seeing the game end the way it did and then that moment being important as it was, it was great for us. Did you keep the ball? I did not keep the ball. I threw the ball away. But I did get a game ball, but I did not keep that ball, unfortunately, no. Did you keep the second one? No. The second one I tried to keep, I jumped up in the stands and uh, I was jumping up and then the ball like got hit out my hand. And oh. then I just see the ball lingering to the crowd. I'm like, damn, I wanted that ball. And oh, then I see someone then, on Twitter posted. Someone said, I got the game ball. I wanted to contact them, but, you know, I'll get more. I'll get more in the future for sure. Yeah, you got to get maybe this week coming up against Ritter. Yeah. Just for three last week. So, you know, it's prone to do it. Yeah, um, that, was a, that was doubly bad because you got to pay for that ball too, right? It's like 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got to pay for that. I know Mike hands him out a lot. He's he's probably, uh, he's probably got a whole uh, – checking account full of just balls. <laughs> uh, but you talk about the impact you're able to have right uh, early on. And everyone talks about how difficult this system is. The Todd Bowl system is so difficult. And it's not that it's not, it's difficult because of, you know, the playbook or anything. It's because of how versatile he asks his defenders to be. He lines up people. Vita Vea, I say this, I feel like I've said this on every podcast, but he drops Vita Vea in coverage, puts him in the linebacker position. You know, he's not afraid to put guys in, in different positions um, in different looks that will drive the quarterback mad. And he'll do that with you as well. Uh, we saw this week, and we'll get to that a little bit more, but you're you're blitzing a little bit more this week, you know, more than you have in the past. But what about that system is difficult? How difficult was it for you? Obviously not as difficult because you land that starting job. But what, what do you what do you like about the system too? Um, I, love, I like that the system allows players, you know, like when they draft players, they draft them for certain skill sets. And I like 
how the, the, the system fits the players and it allows their skill sets to blossom. You know, he puts guys, you know, that, that maximizes their position and what their skill sets are and put those in those positions. So that's what I feel like, you know, the flexibility for playing safety and playing nickel. There's times where I'm dropping into the half or I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm deep you know, down the field. So it allows me to show different various parts of my skill set. I feel like, you know, that's something that he does a really good job of, you know, having guys like me blitz and do different things. So guys like me to drop in, you know, if he's an athletic guy for his size. So him dropping, I got no problem with it. So. <laughs> What what is it about the system that 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 tends to pe- make people think it's difficult? You know, you hear some some positions like it's a it's a diff- some position players say it's a difficult system to learn. You know, it takes a while to pick it up. Uh, what what is it that's challenging about this system, though? Um, I would say just you know from initially uh, coming to the Bucks um, when I came to the OTAs, I told you I was taking reps at nickel and safety, and I think it was about the first two three installs was about seventy five plays, so I was learning double like one hundred by one hundred something plays. In three days, so my mind was kind of all over the place. I was taking reps at both, so uh, I can say that part maybe just you know getting a grasp of learning the entire playbook, you know, in a, such a small period of time. But you know that's what this business is, and you know just understand that having that you know thrown at me early in my career can help me adjust, you know, whatever situation I come up for. So and it's a little easier now that you're in the install period, where it's just weekly installs. You you know you don't have to have the whole playbook under your belt, you know, to reference every single week. Um, yeah. Does he does he throw plays that aren't in that install though? That game plan, or you're like you're just out there, and he's like, "This wasn't in the this isn't in the game plan this week." Is, no, that too yeah, good? He's done a good job. He was doing a really good job, you know, keeping us inside the play, you know, inside the game plan. Um, you know, he has he's a really smart guy, so. He sets like you know he sets a, a script of plays that he wants to run, and he does a good job of having an idea and an eye for the catching. You know what, what plays he's expecting to put in those certain calls. So you know when we get the calls out the huddle, there's never like a blank moment where we're thinking why is he calling this. You know we have an idea of what the situation is and why he's calling it. As far as adjustments too, he he's one of the the best at making those defensive adjustments um, to try to take away what's working that, that working against you guys as a defense when he does call those adjustments what's that what is that like out there um are you guys going to him and saying this is what we're seeing is it just strictly what he's seeing how does that conversation work and how does how do those adjustments come in is there whether it's at halftime or even in game situation you know as we go through drive through drive you know we see things that you know whether we've seen or we haven't seen you know, we, we communicate with our defensive staff coaches, you know, they communicate back with us, you know, or what are we saying? We tell them what we are seeing. So, you know, it's just active communication of of what that we want, something that we want to adjust and it gets fixed. You know, like I said, he has a backup plan for his plan A. You know, he does a really good job even repping that in practice. You know, well, if we don't like this look, we can run into this or, you know, certain formations, we have certain calls for this, you know, this look. So, like I said, there's some times where we have multiple calls within a look. You know, so you got to be, you know, headsy, but you got to study. You know, this is, this is what we do. So right. just running the complex defense, you know, it, it confuses them much more than it confuses us. So on, on any given play, it's kind of like a wide receiver, right? He's got a route tree, and depending on what the defense is giving him, he either veers off to a post, a, a flag, a com- or whatever it is on his route tree. You guys, when you line up and see what the offense is in, you guys have different defensive plays for whatever they line up in, and you just obviously just call it out to each other. Is that how it yeah, goes? It, that's just dependent on the situation, obviously. You know, you know, it's not every play we're going out there with multiple calls. Right, you know, right, right. Yeah, still got to play fast, but you know, he's he does a really good job of putting us in a this or that situation. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Um, as far as you've talked about a few times, slot versus safety. 
Uh, you're being cross-trained at both of those positions with your versatility, with Winfield's versatility, even with Ryan Neal for a bit too. I mean, he's played a good amount of free safety compared to the the snaps in the box that he played. You three are all kind of interchangeable in that. Then you throw D Delaney on the field and forget about it. Like you guys can all line up at any position, pretty much outside outside cornerback. What position do you feel more at home at? And what position do you foresee your, your like long-term um, spot in the NFL and with the Bucks with? Yeah. You know, I, I felt really, really, again, becoming really comfortable playing nickel, you know, this, this year, you know, so much to grow from, you know, so much things I want to still learn and, you know, the adjustments that I want to make to my game playing nickel, you know, but um, long-term I do want to play safety. I do want to be on, you know, on the field three, three, four snaps per, you know, per drive or per down, you know, so I, w- I don't want to be someone interchangeable coming in and out the field. You know, I feel like I have that game changing ability where I can be on the field every down, you know, so that's something I do want to, you know, be comfortable with doing as well in this league, you know, it's all about versatility. So the more you can do the better. Do you feel like your fit is better at free or strong? I know they're interchangeable nowadays, but. Like you said, they're interchangeable. So wherever, you know, different coaches use different, you know, strong and free differently. So honestly, I'm comfortable playing in the box as well as playing deep in the post. Gotcha. Oh, I mean, obviously free safety is probably locked up for a while now. <laughs> uh, if the Bucks, you know, take care of business with Antoine Winfield Jr. in the, in the offseason. But Ryan is only on a one-year deal, so that's interesting. Um just because of the ability to, like you said, play in the box, play deep. You do both. Um, Ryan Neal's doing both right now. Antoine's doing both right now. In in both systems, he likes versatility out of his guys to be able to not be handicapped by one or the other guy. Both guys can cover. Both guys can, you know, come up and run fits. Both guys can blitz if they need to. Um, And that just allows his defense to be more versatile. And the more versatility you show, more opportunities you get. Speaking about blitzing and coming up, like I said, he did that lot a lot more in Detroit. How much of that was in that game plan script, or how much was that just like okay, we can send we can send Christian uh, because we're getting these certain looks. Let's let's send send him on these certain types of blitzes. Yeah, you know, as you go through a week, you have you know certain calls you want to call to certain you know down in distances or or looks per se. So I would say when I was in there, there were more of you know situations that came up that you know that would involve me or need me to blitz, and you know they're a really good running team. So me getting in there on some short yardage things, you know, would, would probably help or benefit the defense. So maybe just a lot of more situational stuff this week rather than more, rather than last per weeks before. So that would probably probably why I blitz a little more you've seen this week than other weeks. How mad were you that you didn't get a sack? <laughs> you know, I was really close. I was oh, really no. close on one of these third downs. Uh, I was I was like, I don't want to hit him. You know, I don't want to be the reason why he completes it. It's a first down. So All right. uh, I'm 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 itching for my first one, honestly. I know you got that. Well, you got the uh interception the other way. You just need a force fumble <laughs> yeah, and uh and a sack to round out the trifecta for your I'm gonna try to get, I'm gonna try to get it at the same time. So <laughs> here, here, hey, there you go, right? Strip sack. Yeah. Um so balls of defense, we talked about it. it. It's just crazy. You guys he plays you in zone, he plays you in man. He plays you in this zone match coverage, which is, you know, something that's like not many defenses do. What do you like about each of those those um, coverages that he puts you in? Um, you know, it just allows me to allows me to, you know, display how well rounded my game is and how well rounded I'm becoming, you know, as a defender and playing nickel position. You know, it was something I wanted to clean up a bit or just fine tune more coming out of college, you know, playing press man to man coverage, you know, against some of the best receivers, you know, in the league. So I'm having those good challenges in week one, these first few weeks that we've been playing ball, just having an opportunity to cover, 
know, good receivers of those calibers. You know, it's going to be something, give me set, you know, for the rest of my career, just taking on those challenges early on. What's your favorite, favorite to play? Are you more of that press man coverage? Or you like that zone or that zone? That zone match is, is wild that he does sometimes, huh? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's defense where you really got to, you know, play with your play with your eyes, you know, play with your eyes and feet and just, be, you know, be really a, a detail, detail oriented, have a pre-snap, you know, um, just adjustments in your head or pre-snap visuals that you're going through to maybe know, like you kind of expect what's coming up. So you're not guessing on the fly. But, you know, I just love being down there, you know, being in the box, playing man, and, you know, sometimes playing zone and, you know, kind of matching it up. So I can't pinpoint one thing that I would, I would say, but I just like being down there, you know, playing with the QB's mind. Right. Uh, you know, you got to get all those things kind of create the complete, you know, package there. You know, you get your opportunity to in zone coverage, you get a little bit more opportunity to take the ball away. And man, you get to show your physicality uh, and kind of just erase a guy, which is always fun. You know, I got this guy. I'm going to race him. He's not even an option on this route. Uh, that's that's awesome. Um, so like when you're lined up against the wide receiver, let's say in man, how do you try to get him to tip his hand? Um, how do you try to get him to kind of see where his release is going? What what were the things, some of the things you do on the line of scrimmage matched up against him? Um, you know, there's different things called for different situations, like down in distance. Uh, you know, sometimes just if playing man, you know, try to try to give give him one way to go and see, you know, what, what his route is going to be, depending on, you know, his timing, how fast he's running that route. Um, is, there, is there a play action behind him that's allowing him to get more time? You know, just different things like that kind of feeling his split, you know, where he's out in the field. And that's just all going back to film. So, you know, having a good idea of what they're going to run in that play with a lot, a lot of times help me, you know, guard those guys. Do you, do you prefer directing them inside or outside? Which Do you feel more comfortable in one way or the other? Yeah, yeah I would say, you know, certain calls like maybe playing two-man will allow me to play, you know, a lot more heavy inside. But honestly, I just like playing outside, you know, forcing him inside to the middle of the field player, you know, just play ball. Because that I, that's honestly man-to-man. You know, if he runs right. a dig, you're responsible for that still too. So, you know, outside man-to-man press. Absolutely. Um, as far as the defensive backs, and I think I know the answer to this one, and we'll get to it a little bit, but who's been the biggest help for you when you come in? You're learning two positions. Who's been that guy that's kind of taken you under the wing and been there to answer all your questions for you and kind of, you know, helped you get up to speed as soon as, as quickly as you have. Yeah, I would say, obviously, the obvious answer is, you know, Winfield, you know, just coming from the nickel position and, you know, playing safety his rookie year, you know, I went to him immediately. I got a chance to meet with him, you know, before before I knew I was coming to the Bucks. I trained in a facility where he trained at in all season. So getting a chance to meet him, you know, tell him, you know, I watched his film while I was in college, you know, I idolized his game and all those things and ended up playing on the same team as him. It was kind of like a one of those crazy coincidences where I could get the be able to pick his mind on a daily basis of how playing the nickel position, you know, various and playing safety and the things he did during his time playing both. And you had his position coach too in college at Rutgers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Harrison, yeah, yep. So you got that early leg up on 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 what to uh, what to do, and it, it's crazy how that happens. Where you guys are, you know, kind of you're kind of called Antoine Winfield Light. You know, you're 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 he's been established so that's the reason why you get the light you know but you're obviously making a name for yourself now it's christian isian um but it's it's kind of surreal how that all happens where this is the guy that you watch film you get his college coach then you come here then you take his spot because he was the start of nickel spot last year you know so now you come yeah. in and take the spot that he manned last year and you get to learn from him uh you know and how how is because you know, a tweeze is awesome you know he's he's been great to get to know uh, over the last couple of years. He's, he's always been really, you know, 
coming on on my podcast and just you know just great to talk to in the locker room but how has he made you better as a player how has he how has he helped that growth of yours yeah i would just say the first to start off with is his, his work ethic you know during practice and you know how he he approaches practice like a game and every rep to him you know he finishes on the ball full speed and a stance you know in a tackle position and that's just something you know i feel like a leader does and he's that you know he's that guy that wants to take the, take the extra step you know in practicing and as much as I, as, as I see myself as a professional, even before I became an NFL player, you know, he's the, he's the role model of that. He, he does, you know, things right on every play. You know, I think that kind of trans, translates to the game as far as, you know, his play, you know, him making plays all around the field. Yeah, I mean, you look at him captain this year for the first time um, and really been playing at all pro level so far. Uh, not a bad guy to have. Uh, as a mentor, as a, someone to look up to and kind of model your game after, that's for sure. Another guy who who's played safety a um, long, long time ago, ages ago, we're talking about your head coach, Todd Bowles. Um, he was a safety. I, I know he's he's been shy about bringing it up and, you know, bringing up any film or anything like that for you guys to watch. He's like, uh, you know, they'd have to Google, get in their Google machines and look it up. But how hands-on with, with, is he with you guys? I mean, you think that of all the position groups on the defense – that those safety room, that DB room, that he's like, that's the room that he's got his fingerprints all over. Um, how how hands-on is is he with you guys there? Yeah, just that he's really hands-on. You know, he comes to our individuals, you know, before practice. You know, we just do things, you know, that, that help us throughout the week, you know, be you know be the best versions and put us in the best positions. So he's really good, you know, just playing with the safeties and, you know, helping us get in the right spots and telling us how we can play things this way, you know, rather than that way. So I would say he's really hands-on with that position for sure. I heard the DBs spend a lot of time in his office. Have you are, have you made your way up there? Are you one of those guys hang, hanging out in his office watching film and, and chopping it up? Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. We do spend a lot of time, you know, just out there getting, a, you know, just a, a more direct, you know, just answer to things. And, and the way he breaks it down, he makes it really simple, you know, the game plan of how to use certain personnel and, what guy does what, and it kind of breaks the game down into really simple parts. Are you more of like a hands-on uh, or a tape learner, or like wh- how do you how do you learn what you're going up against? Like the walkthroughs help you the best. Does watching the tape help you the best? Does breaking it down in the DB room help break it? You know, break it down for you the best. What's how do you learn the best? Because everyone's different learners. Yeah, I would. I've learned that I'm, I'm best on the field, just doing walkthroughs and getting reps at it. Um, I would say there's no better, you know, there's no better indicator of speed than than actually seeing a person move, you know, in real time. So you can move a market back and forth as much as you want until you get on the field and you know you're pressed in a situation. You're never gonna get that actual feeling of how fast something's coming at you or you know how it looks. So I want to feel for sure. And, and speaking of practice, I mean, you're as a starter, you're not going up against Mike and Chris and them that much anymore. You got the scout team that you're that you're practicing against a lot of times during the week, but. Who'd you like covering the most in practice? Was was it Mike? Was it Chris? Which guy gave you the biggest test? And who are you like when it came time for your rep? You're like, all right, let's go, let's go time. Was it Trey or was it Trey likes to talk too? Yeah, no, I would uh, I would go off. I would say it was Russ. You know, early on in camp, Russell Gage. You know, he gave me. I, I heard about his ability and how he ran routes and not at an insanely fast pace, but really smooth and winding oh. dying you down. So just getting a bit of that during training camp, it kind of really slowed me down and really allowed me to be more patient because. You know, you miss with a guy like that, and he's by you. So he's he's somebody who just gave me a different feel of the game and, you know, taught me to, you know, be more patient with my technique. But I also say a guy like Chris, you know, where he, he beats me on a rep and then he stops immediately after to coach me about 
how to be better at that rep, you know, just guys like that, you know, it's, it's that that's it for like the best of the team. You know, he didn't have to do that, you know, coming right. in there along. So guys like that for sure. Yeah, Chris is awesome about that. Oh, so vocal too. You saw it all camp, camp with whether it was Baker or Trask too, going back and saying on this, you know, when it was a completion or or incompletion, having that con that that constant communication with guys to help them get better. It's you know, it's all for the benefit of the team. Russ, I gotta say, it's so unfortunate because you talk about this summer just his ability, but even last summer before he got injured with a hamstring, he was uncoverable. You were having like guys like Carlton and Jamel and Antoine. This guy's uncoverable because how quick and how smooth his route running is. And it's just a shame that the Bucks never got to see that with him banged up with a hamstring injury and then obviously going down this year. But yeah, he's one of he's an insanely good route runner when he's on there. So definitely see how he could be uh someone great to learn from, especially early on in camp before he went down. Uh speaking of coming into camp, you came in with a few other rookies there uh who are still on the team with um Josh Hayes. Uh, Kayvon Merriweather, uh, a couple guys in three pits, and uh, also Keenan Isaac. What's the camaraderie like between you guys in that DB room? Yeah, we're all, we're all super close, you know, just coming in as a rookie class. Uh, we all got really close, like, I'm mean, obviously from day one, um, you know, being the DBs of the, of the group and, you know, having that type of connection from there. You know, a lot of us undrafted. Uh, Josh, the, the only drafted guy, so, you know, just having an underdog mindset, you know, this is this is our opportunity to make a team and, you know, beat the odds or so say and that's just to have a lot of us here still most of us here still it's a blessing that we all get to you know just play this this rookie year out together you know learn and, and grow yeah i mean it's a it's a lot of rookies total i mean 13 of you guys on this team it just speaks to the level of competition um that you guys came in here and just proved yourself and balled out uh all throughout the throughout the season uh i think mean, throughout the off season and and, you know, to make your mark for for yourselves, obviously you locked down that starting spot on the defense, but Josh and Kayvon have roles on special team uh, that that are pretty big, and so does Dariq too as well. Um, it's just really, uh, really great scouting by the Bucks, and just brings forth the – they wanted to get younger, faster, smarter, um, and it seems like they've done that in all three facets. Just wondering, um, before we get into some of the fun stuff – do you have any game circled on this on the schedule where you're like, oh, I can't wait for that one? I know they're not up by they're not in New York this year. So I mean that would have been we had the preseason game. Um yeah. you're not even really close to it this season. But is there anything else that you that you're like, all right, this is a game that I'm excited for? Um, I would say it, it probably passed already. It was that New Orleans game in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> just hearing about the, you know, the the environment over there and you know how their fans got so involved in the games and the who that chant and all that stuff. And I'll be lying if I say I didn't start that game, you know, just a little bit of nerves and, you know, just adjusting into the game because that environment was so, you know, what it was. But uh, just hearing about that and the rivalry that we have with them, now we'll see that was the game early on, you know, I circled on. Yeah. The rivalry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Saints Week is different. You can you can sense it in the locker room. Yeah. Obviously, the fan base is, is rabid and stuff, but you can sense in the locker room where this is one that we hate them. They don't like us. We want to beat them any means necessary. It always makes for a good week, uh, good content as well. Six games in. Um, are you happy with where you're at? Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things I can be, I can clean up, you know, things I can be better at, you know. Never really content of where I'm at. You know, I still feel like there's a lot of, a lot more I can do to my game, you know, be better and, you know, be, you know, be the best version of myself out there. You know, that's just from each week growing and learning more stuff while I play. You know, I feel like there's always an edge that I can have on my opponents that I kind of want to have every week. So not really content of where I'm at, but striving for so much more. 
where would you say you've surprised yourself when you're like, okay, I'm better at this than I thought I would be, or this clicks quicker than I thought it would. And then where would you say like, I still got, I got to hone on this because this has hurt me or this has hindered me. What are the two things where this has clicked and this, I, I definitely got to focus on this uh, going forward. Yeah. I would say, you know, the, this is click moment. It's just more of like my confidence, you know, like just having the confidence to know I can play with the guys that's on the field, you know, whether, whatever a scout says, yeah, like, yeah the scouts are going to say things like they're not the only ones on the field. So, you know, that their evaluations are not always the, the greatest or, you know, it, it varies depending on who's grading you. So, you know, not just having taken, taking the confidence of what other people think about you, but, you know, the confidence you have in yourself. And I would say there's just a moment I could just be, or something I could be better at, I would say is just, just being more trusting of what I see out there. And, you know, that actually being the case of what it is, you know, as a younger player, sometimes you know, you're scared to make a mistake, you know, just because you're not really familiar with the game or right. you know, how it is, but just being more trusting, you know, what of what I'm being coached and just, and what I see out there, you know, all we can film and all we can practice and just trusting that. What was your like, I belong here moment? When did that happen? Was it in camp? Was it in the, in one of your games? What was what were you like? This is me. I belong here. I'm a player. I'm a dude. I can do this. Yeah, I would just say it was like, you know, throughout the camp days and just like earning my first team reps, you know, getting a chance to, you know, go against you guys, like you said, Mike and Chris. And Russell, you know, on a day, on a down to down basis, and just be out there, you know, sticking those guys, and you know, they're they're going out there competing, and I'm out there competing, and I'm like, like I don't I don't feel out edged or out matched out here, you know, I feel really comfortable playing with the starters, and just you know, looking around me in a circle, and you know, seeing who's in there, guys like Antoine, you know, White, Devin White, Levante, Vito, all those guys, so just looking around like, yeah, I'm here, and I'm and I'm with them guys like right now, so just yeah. being in the point, yeah, during training camp for sure. That's awesome. Um. Do you feel like you look at this season and you're like, I'm playing well, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable, I'm confident, but man, next season when I'm not, when I don't have all this stuff going on, because I always say for a rookie, even though you're playing excellent, there's so much going on. You're in a new city, new teammates, new playbook. Um, you know, the game is much faster. Sometimes there's still thinking, like you said, just trusting in what you see instead of thinking about it. Do you feel like, man, next year, like, Next year, I could ball. I could, I mean, I know you're not looking too too far in advance, but still, like when you're comfortable with the playbook, comfortable with the team, comfortable in all your surroundings and everything, and all it is is just football. That's all it is: playing free, playing fast, playing football. You ever think like, wow, I'm I'm doing great this year, taking it one game at a time, but full year under my belt, I can't wait for what year two looks like. You know, with a full off season and in, 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 in the system. Yeah, hundred percent. Just just out there, like I said, just out there playing what. You know, playing by learning every game and just you know, listen to the coaching I get from my coaches. But I was like, I don't say like having a year in my belt. It would feel like you know just playing again as going from my freshman to sophomore year in college. You know, the, the transition that I, I made since then, like of not playing at all, playing four games of redshirt to going in there and playing. You know, being a starter or whatever. So, right. just having that that feeling that you know I've been here and I'm, I'm a year older, having that mindset going into the NFL, I feel like I'll have a great edge. You know, just you know, on the next step, on the next step of confidence, and just being out there to play fast, and you know, with a year under my belt. Have they got you for rookie dinner yet? Uh no, we haven't got it yet. No, no, no they're waiting. They're waiting. Yeah, they're they're, waiting. they're waiting a little bit. Held up a little bit so they can get you. Exactly. Okay. Yep, exactly. <laughs> they got you with rookie duties at all? Yeah, yeah. You know, we do the daily rookie duties. You know, carrying things. You know, getting the towels for the vets. You know, getting the food and all that stuff. Yeah, regular stuff. Yeah, you know, any, any crazy snacks or anything that they request from you guys? 
Who's got um, the craziest snack? I'm trying to think. I think D Delaney. He, I think he likes baby. Was it? What is he like? Uh, is it Baby Roofs? Some. I'm like. They are. Think is is it Babe Roofs? So it is some like chocolate that like no one eats. It might be Babe Roofs. I'm like, <laughs> no. He's the only one. He wanted the full box, but he the, the mix box wasn't enough, so he wanted a full bag of, of Babe Roofs. You gotta buy it from the convenience store. Just convince the guy. Just give me the full box. Can't find these anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for spill the tea on the DB room. Who has the best and worst music tastes? Ah, best and the worst music taste. Uh, I would say we're all pretty balanced on music taste. I would say we all get along with genres. I haven't heard anyone's just outrageous just yet. You know, we're all from different you know parts of you know each region. You know, East Coast, West Coast guys, some down south guys. But I would say we're all pretty balanced on music. Gotcha. Um, Maryland's not south, by the way. Uh, <laughs> who's the messiest? Uh, the messiest, uh, should probably be me. It might be me. <laughs> and <laughs> now I'm looking around. Like, my locker always has a lot going on. No, it's probably myself. Uh, I just, I'll be having a lot in my locker. I'm one of those guys, I'll bring something to the facility and leave it there, and then I'll just keep bringing stuff. So, probably myself. Uh, who's the loudest? Uh, the loudest, the loudest would definitely be Dariq. Dariq is the loudest. <laughs> yeah. Who's the Who's the craziest? Uh, the craziest. I would probably say Carlton. Carlton is he's pretty like he's funny, crazy, but yeah, he's I would say Carlton the craziest. Yeah. I can see that happen. Right? <laughs> he gets that look inside sometimes where you're like, I ain't messing with him. Uh, who's the hungriest in there? Who's always eating? The hungriest. Um, Who's the hungriest in our room? It'd definitely be D Delaney. D Delaney by far, actually. He, he has something to fit in every time I see him. He's eating <laughs> a baby roost, that's why. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll end it real quick with a with a this or that. It's just gonna be rapid fire questions here, and then a favorites, um, and then we'll get you out of here. I want to thank you so much for your time. Obviously, um, you know, off day, so kind of rest and relax, but thank you for so much coming on. I hope this has been a great chance for fans to kind of get to know you more too. And we'll let them get to know you a little more personal personally right now with the rapid fire questions of this or that Xbox or PlayStation. PlayStation. What's your go-to game right now? Right now, I just right before we got off her, I was on 2K. So, uh, you know, okay. you get that new 2K this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you a beach or a mountains guy? Beach. I grew up on a beach. Okay. Um, I think I know the answer to this city or country. You know, I'm from New York City, baby. Absolutely. Uh, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Who's your favorite hero? Yeah, growing up, it was Batman. You know, growing up, it was Batman. But, you know, just as a cliche as Superman, I would say, you know, right? Like, he has everything. And he's, right. he's, he's the strongest, I would say, Superman, honestly. Right, yeah, you got, you got him down. Any uh, any villain that you're like, you're like, because villains are always more interesting, I feel like, and they're always cooler looking. Ah, uh, villain. Who's my favorite villain? Hmm. Like I always like Carnage. I thought he was just sick looking with the that red and black. One. That is a good yeah. one. You know, like, I, have, I have to get back to my favorite. I don't know what my favorite villain is. I don't know. I will come back to it. Yeah. Um, car or truck? Car guy, sedan. Okay. okay. What are you? Uh, what are you whipping? Uh, right now I have the car I had in college. I had a Q50, Infinity uh, Q50. Yeah. Haven't upgraded. Was, any big purchases so far? Um, huge purchases. No, I would say like my business. I just went this bye week. I went to New York. You know, I got a hotel in the city, and that was outrageously amount. But <laughs> yeah, especially you got family, everyone coming out. Like, you expect you to get the tab and start buying. Yeah, let's get the Louis King. Louis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm a clown 12 years. Let's get this guy. Uh, 1845. Let's go. Two bottles. Um, exactly. <laughs> right, like, <damn>. <laughs> Chill, guys. Uh, you're more of a movie guy or a TV series guy? Uh, I would definitely say. No, I love a good movie. I love a good movie. Yeah. I, yeah. Watch anything good recently? Um, I've been on Netflix often. You know, just watching a bunch of you know, new movies out there. Not a lot of new ones, really, though. Maybe some reruns. You know, my favorite. I like, you know, Law by Citizen. I yeah. love that movie. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, Catalea. Haven't seen that one. Uh, okay, that's a good one. And um, let's think. What's one more? One more is a really good one. Uh, what's the one? Slumdog Millionaire. That's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that movie, yeah. I've seen that one. Um, which brings us to favorite, so favorite movie. We just got it. Law Abiding Citizen, you say is your favorite movie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite sports team growing up? Uh, I grew up a Giants fan. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, grew sorry, I, I grew up in an era where it was just yeah, I know. the winning era, and I was. Yeah. it's all I've seen in New York. The Jets weren't – you know, the Jets had to run with Sanchez for a little bit, but, yeah, I grew up, I, I grew up running parades. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm from Boston, so I don't like <laughs> Ruined yeah, my perfect tough. season. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> you know, so it's funny. You know, I came down here, and a year later after I moved down here, Brady must have missed me because he came down here and brought Gronk with him. And then, you know, I yeah, started yeah. covering the team the same year. It's like, oh, what are we doing here? Yeah, we're here together. Um, favorite place you've ever visited? Um, I've been had an opportunity to go to some really nice places. I've been to Aruba, Costa Rica, DR. I would say Costa Rica. You know, Costa Rica is the most beautiful place. You have the excursion. We do the zip line and you can, you know, zip line through the, the mountains and stuff is really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, that's on my bucket list for sure. My buddy's from there. So I've always wanted to hit their favorite food. Favorite food. I'm a wings guy. Honestly, I'm just, I love, like I can order wings probably every night, which I probably don't, but I won't do. But if, if I could, I would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're, if they're dry rubbed, you know, there's no harm. Exactly. No so you know, outside, you know? Tell you dry rubs. Can't never go wrong with a good dry rub, lemon pepper wings, you know, things All like right, that. Right. Exactly. Are you a dry rub guy or a sauce guy? I'm a dry rub guy. Yeah. Okay. Do you do, it's not my podcast, but blue cheese or celery? I mean, mm-hmm. or ranch. I'm a blue cheese guy. Yeah, ranch is from the <laughs> uh, Favorite cereal? Favorite cereal, cinnamon, cinnamon toast crunch. Easy, done. I mean, is there any debate really? It's, it's the best not, cereal it's out there. It's, it's I mean, if you if you say Lucky Charms, I might be like, eh, Lucky Charms, okay. or like I can see a Fruit Loops here and there, but right, but Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I just bought some yesterday. I'm gonna have some. Why does cereal hit so much better at night too? Like, I it's, don't know. That is, you know why? Because I think the cliche of the morning. Right. You know, you're really not that hungry, and then right. cereal is more of a craving thing. Right. So, yeah, night is better for sure. It hits so much better at night. I might have some after this podcast. You know, <laughs> I just bought a fresh box. Uh, favorite game, <laughs> favorite game you ever watched, and don't say the one I think you're gonna say. Favorite uh, sports game I ever watched? Yeah. Um, honestly, out is this? Does that to be NFL? Any game. My favorite sports game I ever watched. It might have to be the 2016 Finals with the Golden State Warriors. In uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, or 2017 Finals, uh, I want to say Game Six, maybe Game Six, Clay Thompson. Yeah, that might, yeah, that might have been the best game I ever watched. Okay, okay, you know that's uh, I've had I've had three guys on here, Yaya and JTS, and they both said the Ray Allen corner shot mm. in Game Six against the Mavs. That's and uh, basketball's been a, been a theme there. Um, easy one, favorite color? Uh, orange. Orange, that's different. So yeah. You must love rocking those cream skulls. 
Oh my God, the creamsicles! I haven't. I didn't know we were wearing them until earlier this year, and I was like telling guys like I had the outfit already playing for it. And, okay. Yeah, I love orange. Okay, you got that drip going. Uh, yeah. You kept the jersey, I'm sure, right? Of course, definitely. You had to keep that one. I saw Tristan. Uh, who was it? Penne was trying to. Penne Sewell was yeah, trying to. Yeah, yeah. Like guys were asking for John. Not this one. Keep this I'll, send, one. <laughs> I'll send you one, but not this one. Right, right. Uh, your favorite TV show? A TV show. Uh, growing up, everybody is Chris. Oh, that was a great one. Dude. I love that show. That was a great one. Um, any, anything now that you're like, you've been binging? Um, you know, rewatching over again, Ballers. Ballers is great with The Rock. Yeah, that. Rewatching that and the league now is it actually yeah. like being in the league, actually seeing it and going through it. It's kind of funny watching it now from a different perspective rather than watching it in high school. That's awesome. Yeah. I just rewatched Entourage. That was great. I mean, really? So yeah, good. that was a good one too. Um, favorite sports memory. Ah, favorite sports memory. Is it that four takeaway game? Honestly, no, we lost. We believe it or not, we lost that game. So it wasn't a great one. It wasn't my favorite one. Um, I would say probably high school. I would say my all the game I got offered the Rutgers. I had like a I had three touchdowns in the first half and Rutgers on the sideline of my game, and then the coach just left at halftime. And I didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. So <laughs> I'm just like, I hope I did enough. <laughs> but, yeah, no, yeah, so. find out, exactly. If I got offered after that, that was that was my favorite game for sure. That's awesome. Um, dessert, favorite dessert. Favorite dessert, I would go uh Hagen, not Hagen Dazs. Uh let's go, let's go Hagen Dazs. Um cookies and cream. Yeah, cookies and cream's classic. Exactly. It, it's even better when you sandwich it between a uh, chocolate chip cookie, fresh baked. Those are fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, favorite season? Favorite season? Uh, I would probably say spring. I'm a spring baby. Right before summer, spring. Perfect. Uh, well, spring hating on me because I never sprung. Uh, <laughs> a little way there, yep. Yeah. <laughs> favorite player growing up? Uh, NBA or NFL or anything. Uh, anything. And an old NFL and whatever. We've got another one too. Favorite player, uh, Cam Newton, NFL. Cam Newton, because I, I, I love the Carolina Panthers. You know, I love, like, I grew up kind of watching them. You know, for some reason, I don't know why, I was like, I played with them in Madden all the time using Steve Smith, you know, D'Angelo Williams. I'm sorry, D'Angelo Hall. D'Angelo Williams. Williams. D'Angelo Hall, uh, Jonathan Stewart, those guys, Jake Delahome. Like, for some reason, I just played with the, the Panthers. So seeing his run through Carolina and, you know, having that magical. You know, season he had when he won MVP and then you know, having that great year, it was just probably my favorite time of watching sports. That's awesome. Yeah, he was the game changer. Uh, didn't do too hot with the Patriots, but uh, yeah, yeah. definitely magical with the Panthers. <laughs> uh, favorite game you played was it that one that you had the uh, that you got the offer offer from, or was there one in college or anything like that that you're like, this is my favorite game I've ever played in, or was it a pro oh, game as no, it, as it already started? Yeah, I would say my probably my favorite game. You know, despite the outcome, was my four takeaway game. You know, it wasn't my best. It wasn't like my favorite game outcome. But you know, as far as just last game of the season, you know, building all that recognition up for the next season, that was probably my favorite. You know, personal game. Yeah, just out there in the zone, just balling out. You know, exactly. score outcome doesn't doesn't show up, but you just out there having a blast, playing football in the zone. Exactly. You know what you can do. That's awesome. Man, Christian, this has been awesome. I kept you over a little bit. That seems to be the theme when I get players on. We just get in such a uh, such a groove in the conversation. I want to thank you so much for coming on here. Um, do you have anything you want to tell the Bucks fans um, out there who maybe listen to this? Any, you know, obviously where they can find you, Chris 
at Chris Crafty. Is it one? Uh, it's underscore, underscore, yeah. Underscore, okay. Underscore one? No, uh, at Chris uh, Crafty, uh, underscore on Twitter, and at only Crafty on Instagram. Yeah, so follow him there. He's got great stuff. He's always uh, one to uh, throw some good one-liners out there, too. But <laughs> any any message you want for the fans to give them? Yeah, you know, we appreciate all you guys that come out and support. Uh, we got a chance to go today to the uh, the cancer treatment center and off day, you know, just see some of those fans and, and there and how high spirits they are. You know, just getting a chance to, you know, be more interactive in the Tampa community. You know, I realized and see how much love and fans we have. And I just, you know, ask you guys to keep supporting, you know, keep showing up and keep, you know, cheering us on. There you guys have it. Christian Izian starting nickelback slot corner, big safety, whatever you want to call him these days. But he's the starter there. He's earned it as an undrafted guy coming out of Rutgers, making an impact early on for the Buccaneers. Christian, thank you so much for coming on here. And I'll, I'll talk to you later this week in the locker room, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you for having me. Talk to you soon. Later. There he is. Christian Izian. Been a beast so far this season for the Buccaneers. Two interceptions, making his play known. Um, he's getting a chance to get out to the quarterback a little bit now in that in that zone. So versatile. Can play nickel, can play strong, can play free. Uh, Bowles loves having a guy like that that he can use all over the field. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of Pirate Parlay on the Sick Podcast Network. We'll be back this week previewing the Falcons with Will McFadden from Believe Network. Um, and then next week, who knows? Maybe we'll have another player. Maybe we'll have another coach. I don't know. Stay tuned to find out. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, and turn on the notifications. So every time we put out a new pod, you get an update. But that's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for us here at the Sick Podcast Network and Pirate Parlay. We're out of here. Peace. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Pirate Parlay on YouTube, Facebook. Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.